problem is no one's listening to it. And so for most people, and this is one of the reasons I believe there's so much churn with podcasting, meaning 85% fail within the first few months. It's the other two piece promotion. So how am I growing my audience? So more people than just my mom are listening and profitable. Can I actually sustain the growth? Because what I find if you don't have a profit, you're not incented to keep with it. Like why am I spending all this time with this? Why can't even break even, let alone make money. This is Digital Marketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer. And this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing. From the platforms you'd be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today our guest is Tony Guarnaccia, the founder of Castosity. And we're talking AI app development and kind of overall app uh, kind of execution, how you create the apps themselves and how you use them to serve your clients uh, with a specific uh, kind of focus on podcasting uh, and making them profitable, which uh, as a podcast, I could definitely appreciate. So welcome, Tony. Thanks so much. Pleasure being here today. All right, let's just get into kind of the history of app development, because I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize how difficult programming apps has been for the, for kind of the dawn of the internet. I think between the years of 2008 and 2012, during the app boom, everybody thought, oh yeah, I'll jump on and do it. And then people started to realize that a average app was $70,000 to $500,000 and everybody kind of gave up and then nobody wanted to develop apps anymore. But that is changing thanks to AI. I was hoping you kind of you know, walk us through the process. What's what's different now from back then? Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny how things go full circle because I've been in this game for longer than I like to admit. <laughs> but uh, I started way back when, where there was tools that probably most of us never heard of, like Dreamweaver, and uh, and started programming way back then, basic HTML sites, and kind of worked my way up uh, to doing more development. But at some point you get beyond your your capacity because I've always been a marketer first and a developer second. And a lot of people kind of go in the other way around. And so ultimately, if I wanted to buy, build something sophisticated, it would usually require, you know, a team or usually required maybe outsourcing and it became really expensive. And so I'm super excited about where we are today because now you can literally do what you couldn't do it before and do it for practically no money at all. Ah, that's incredible. And, you know, as somebody who always had app ideas and, you know, realized how expensive it would be, <laughs> that is uh, music to my ears. So uh, what have you kind of used it for recently to uh, make your life easier? Or, or I know you're launching some products too, right? Yeah. AI is really changing the game for me. And so historic, well, oddly enough, I started working on a software company before the pandemic. And so I was working on software and trying to create really a messaging platform. So how do you take things like your value proposition, elevator pitch? And so I came up with this platform and it was kind of Mad Lib style. You know, you put in this little bracket and this is what you're supposed to say. And then it would kind of take it and jumble it together using things like JavaScript and really code that nobody really cares about. And so gee whiz, it never got any traction. And so this is during the pandemic. And so I said, okay, Let's try something else. So it happens to be right around the pandemic. I started, I launched a book and I did a podcast book tour. And, uh, you know, with this book tour, I went on, I think, 86 podcasts in, in 2020, learned a lot about the pain points of podcasters, ended up closing my agency because we lost a ton of revenue overnight virtually because we were heavy in travel and events. I said, you know what, let's just pivot completely into software. And so I took this concept and I said, okay, what would be a great market? And I said, well, podcasting. 
Uh, and so I started that software company really kind of out of kind of just my own needs because I said, okay, I can make this process better for myself and it eventually became something for others. But kind of the common thread was like this whole Mad Libs scenario. But most recently, that's completely changed because all that function I had before now is now on hyperdrive because those same Mad Libs, you throw them into an uh, AI engine like OpenAI and just simply connect to their AI and instantly... Like in my software, what we do is we build things for like podcasters as well as guests. So for example, if I want to be a guest on a show like this, I might say, hey, here's some great questions to ask me. Here's some wonderful topics. Here's my intro. And so that's always been a pain to create. Like how do you write your own bio? I've been marketing for 25 years. I like, I don't know how to write about myself, but all I do is I put a couple uh, key points in it, throw in the AI engine and boom, it's automatically created. And so it's been a real game changer because the use case is completely different. It can take what you have already and kind of take it to the next level. But beyond that, the development cycle is like way shorter because if I had to code this myself, which I can't code, I'd have to be dangerous. But you know, when I throw into AI, the AI not only will give me the data and rewrite it, but actually will write the code that generates it. So it's kind of almost like a circular loop. Oh, I love that. Well, I love how it's, uh, you know, your past knowledge actually applies to AI now because you have an understanding of programming, you have an understanding of UI and kind of the, you know, how people interact with an app. And if you don't have that, you know, AI is not going to fix that issue because you still need the, the actual knowledge. So I think, you know, you're in like the perfect place because the, the situation you were talking about where, where it's the programmer first before the people, <laughs> the people who actually use the app, you end up with these apps that just have weird functionality and they're not very intuitive and they have to be learned. And so one of the things I was talking about with, with app developers is I don't think that anybody's going to tolerate apps needing an education. Like they're not going to say like, oh, I, well, I do it all the time. I would download the app and then you start trying to use the app and you're like, but how does it do that thing that I saw on the video? Just do that. And then it, it takes you 50 steps and you have to learn the whole thing. I'm like, okay. That's it. I'm done. I'm not going to use this. So, so if you actually, in that regards, have you seen it that you could make, uh, you know, better apps or more intuitive apps that actually do more things than they could before? Yes. Yeah, so I think the common thread with AI, regardless of whether you're using it to write copy or if you're using it to write a program, you have to know the right prompts or questions to ask. And it's garbage in, garbage out. So even though I'm using AI uh, primarily to write some of the software, I still have to know the right question. And a lot of time it's still hallucinates, right? Especially I'm talking chat GPT specifically. So I'll ask something, it will give me a really hard way of solving a problem that might be like, as an example, like 50 lines of code when the same thing can be done in like five. And I would, I would know that cause I do have a, a programming. So it's great as an accessory. And it's also a great way to learn. Like I find while I'm doing it, I actually, it gives me suggestions. I'm like, wow, I would never thought of that. And that's where AI becomes very, very powerful. Oh, that's fantastic. It's funny because I was putting in, uh, you know, math problems that my son had for, for schoolwork and there were some like advanced math problems like, holy crap, I don't know how to do that. So I literally just put it in a chat GPT. But you're right. If you just let it go crazy, then it'll give you some technical explanation or blah, blah, blah. So, you, you know, just that little prompt, like explain it like I was five years old. And then you get something that's, uh, you know, a little bit more understandable. Uh, now, I, I will say this because I, I'm trapped in that currently where I, I used to have all my big app ideas and the more I kind of got into the process of making apps, the more I was like, okay, this is going to cost a billion dollars. So I'm just going to scale back my uh, you know vision where, where it's like I wanted to do that, but that would be too much. So now I scale it all back. Um, have you found it difficult to kind of get back into that innovative mindset? Like, hey, anything is possible. 
Like, what can it do? Or what 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 should I do? Because there's just so much I can do. Did you have that process or, or were you? I would say, no, I would say my vision is that if anything expanded, but where the challenge is, is prioritization. Because the entrepreneur, like I'm an entrepreneur, right? And so what do we do? We shake, we we chase shiny objects. If I try to say that three times fast. So you chase the shiny objects. So the idea is really to have discipline. And so it's very important to kind of have a roadmap of where you want to go and how you're going to get there and actually stay to it because the tendency is to say, oh, wow, I can do this, I can do that, and let's do everything. And ultimately, you're not really growing, you're not making any money off of that, and it, it gets you nowhere. So really, it's 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 like the kid in the candy store is, is where I find myself nowadays. No, and that's, that's so true, too, because now you're too expansive. Like, oh, my gosh, I could do that. I could pull that data and combine it with this data and blah, 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 and then all of a sudden you have something that's super complicated again. So it's almost like you have to think, well, like you said, you just have to plan it out, stick to the plan, make the thing. Hey, everyone. I want to quickly interrupt the podcast for a special announcement. If you're listening to this podcast because you want to become a better marketer, then I want to share with you what I believe to be the most comprehensive digital marketing program on the market today. It's called the Digital Marketing Mastery Certification. You'll learn to leverage the tools and channels to predictably and profitably drive awareness, leads, sales, and referrals. Everything you need to know to become a true master of digital marketing. We'll take an in-depth look at the core digital marketing competencies, including content, email, social media, community, digital advertising, data and optimization, and more. After earning your digital marketing strategy certificate, you'll have the tools to effectively reach your target audience through a full scope marketing strategy. Get started today at digitalmarketing.com slash strategy cert. So let, let's let's assume you did that. So you you had an idea, you executed the idea. How do you now uh, you know test it? How do you see if people actually like the concept? Yeah. So what I tend to do, um, and I'll speak specifically to podcasting. So the way I do it is I actually kept uh, well really reconfigured my agency. So I had the traditional digital marketing agency. I worked with everybody. I did that for a decade. As I said, I changed paths with the um, with the uh, pandemic. But then after I launched my software company, I said, uh, gee, why not like start an agency again and then use my agency for podcasting instead of doing everything or doing fractional CMO like I was doing. I was like, let's just focus on this one concept. Actually, I'll give credit, uh, credit to Ryan Dice. I got the idea at the last scale. <laughs> but uh, so I was like, okay. But beyond kind of getting cash flow, which is nice, it's actually the perfect testing ground. So what I do is I have my own agency clients. I run my software through them get feedback from them directly from a real user. And then once it, it works, then I'll start expanding it out into kind of people I know, into JV partners. And then once that gets going, that accelerate the growth through ad campaigns and things like that. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Well, I love the the testing because, you know, that was another thing that I realized with the, the whole app development cycle was that it was so long that by the time you finally had an app, you were like, you know what? We don't have time to test. Let's get it out there. Like we said we were going to deliver it a month ago, so now we're in trouble. So just get it out there. So I, that that's awesome, too, that you could develop it so fast or even live, have it tested with people that you know. And then now you can take something to market that you know is going to both function and hopefully do something uh, you know, good. Now, now in regards to your, your mention of profit, I know you have the four P's. So let's, uh, let's talk about those real quick. Sure. So what I found, uh, doing all those podcast tours and why I entered this market in the first place, there's really four P's as it comes to podcasting. You have the planning, Hey, what content should I have? What kind of guests should I invite? That's great. Then the next thing is, okay, production. I gotta make sure this looks good. I'll make sure it sounds good. 
I'm going to invest all this time in editing, make sure it's perfect. Problem is no one's listening to it. And so for most people, and this is one of the reasons I believe, you know, there's so much churn with podcasting, meaning 85% fail within the first few months. Uh, it's the other two piece promotion. So how am I growing my audience? So more people than just my mom are listening and profitable. Can I actually sustain the growth? Because what I find if you don't have a profit, you're not incented to keep with it. Like why am I spending all this time with this? Why can't even break even, let alone make money. And so my software is all focused on the last two. How do I make a profit out of this? And how do I make it uh, promote it? And using basically these systems, the software to do it in a way that's very easy and very scalable. I love that. Well, and then you actually showed me before the show uh, a plugin that you developed in a weekend for for WordPress that generates an entire page of podcasts, you know, guest content. Walk me through that because that that blew my mind. Sure. So again, sticking to the theme where I say, okay, promotion. So what I find, I've been on a lot of podcasts and like inevitably people focus on the podcast itself, which is fantastic. But what about after the podcast? Like, Like why spend all this time building an amazing relationship and then never continue it. But then beyond that, why create all this amazing content and then actually distribute? And one of the first places you should distribute is to your website. And so, you know, like everyone else, I hired an assistant VA to post these these um, these blog posts every time I do an interview like this one, I'll make sure I post on my website and tell people about it. That's great. Problem is a lot of work. It's a lot of headache. And that's why I had this idea literally over a weekend. I said, wow, what if I could make a WordPress plugin that could take all the podcasts I've done, I've done hundreds and automatically post it to my website. And so that's what I did literally. Uh, so AI can use it two ways. One, to integrate with it and make your data stronger and, and do something actual with it. That's one way I use AI, but then you actually can use the AI to build the tools themselves. So I did this kind of thought experiment literally over a weekend. I built this whole WordPress plugin to build it, it works, it's on my website. And then the next stage, I'm gonna use AI to say, okay, I have this plugin how can I actually market and monetize it? And so now and the goal is, hey, I'm going to do a case study. This is how I made $100,000 with this plugin, literally just working a few hours over the weekend. Oh, man, that's that's incredible. Now, I do need that app, by the way, because you showed it to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to put that on my website right now because I, I don't list all my podcasts that I'm on because I'm like, I don't have time, and it's going to take me a while to find all the things. And I got to link them all, build the pages, and... And just so everybody knows what what you just described, like if you did it manually, if you said, I'm going to pull my guests, every podcast they've ever been on and create a page for them, that could take even an experienced person, like half an hour, an hour, you know, maybe more depending on how fancy you want to get with the design. And this did it. I watched him do it. And it was like 10 seconds or something. You pulled all of my podcasts that I've been on. I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. So no, it's super impressive. Now, now with all that said, how do you think agencies could use kind of, you know, your process or, or kind of what you're doing? Do you think they could use it for, you know, making a brand new service, even if they don't have extensive, uh, you know, software experience? Or do you think it's more for like, hey, here's how to serve your clients better? Like, what's the best use for that? Yeah, I would say if I was an agency, which I was, and I did this. So where I started was taking my, my um, process and really systematizing it. And the way I think about it is, can you take your process and systematize it, which makes me more efficient, but you can actually add much more value if, if you turn into software. Because if you think about it, now you have a user interface for your clients that's proprietary, that's yours. And so that builds your own value as an asset if you wanted to sell your, your agency. Because let's face it, agency multiples, if you want to sell it, you really aren't that great. 
And so if you can build assets to your business, it's much more valuable. But then beyond that, you can then say, okay, can I enable this for other agencies? And in fact, that's what I did. Like I took my own processes, I systematized them, I turned them into software. Now I use it for my clients, which builds a lot of value with them and makes us proprietary. But then secondly, I'm going to offer this as a tool for consumers to do directly. And then the next stage after that, I'm going to do an agency version. So now podcast agencies can book their uh, their clients on podcasts as a guest or you to help them launch their own podcast. That's amazing. No, and I think that that's a, you know, I love how you said about the systemization because, you know, digital marketer, we're always talking about our frameworks and, you know, having an overarching strategy and all these things. But, you know, if you, you know, have your own agency, you probably have your own process. And in addition to, you know, making your company more, uh, you know, money in terms of the the value you get for it when you sell it, everybody's always impressed by that. Well, impressed by frameworks, number one, but you add an app in there. And now you're over the top. Be like, okay, hey, first I need you to download our app. It's going to walk you through our process and provide instructions with how everything did and forms for you to fill out. And I mean, that's that's like next level. But at this point, you know, based on on how easy you you make this whole process sound, I think it's going to be a requirement. Like people aren't going to hire somebody and and not expect an experience that is just super simple, straightforward, and obvious. Yeah, and I, I even learned this myself because like I mentioned before, I created my own podcast agency to help people launch podcasts. And what I did personally, I was using like a, a project management tool and I was keeping track of everything. And I got to the point, like we weren't using it. I'm like, okay, we have this whole system. We're using this whole process. And I was like, it still doesn't work because it's not custom to what any a podcast agency would do. So I was like, why not turn this into the software? So I did that as well. And now we actually use it, but now it's the interface. So it's, again, you can use it in so many use cases, but I think the days of using like a Monday or, or a Rike or whatever, those are limited because if you can make your own proprietary system that's custom to your agency and how your workflow works, even though you can customize these to an amazing level, it's still not the same as having something you, you own yourself. And so that's the route I did on my podcast agency side. I love that. Well, and it does provide, you know, it makes it harder to transfer what you've done for a company to another agency, where if you said like, oh, well, I set up a big click project manager and now, you know, number one, they could just leave, you know, they have the ClickUp account, so it's not even your account. And then now you're kind of superfluous after you've kind of installed all the systems. So it's like, okay, thanks a lot, guys. See you later. And and if it was your software, even if they did say we don't want to use you as a service, you can at least maintain them as a client, you know, in terms of a, you know, an app client, if you want to look at it like that. So I think all around it, it could be huge for marketing agencies. And you've kind of proven that. And now you're launching products all the time. And I'm super jealous at how many apps are coming out with because I'm like, I've always wanted to do an app. <laughs> And now there's no excuse. So, so that's fantastic. Well, I think we'll have, you know, we'll definitely have you back on soon. And maybe we could walk you through like a single case say, kind of talk about the progression of how you uh, kind of, had, you know, launched your podcasting uh, service and your software and and transition. Because I think the transition between these different things and, you know, a lot of agency owners, you know, I hate to say it, don't want to be agency owners after so much time. And that's why there's always this, this churn with uh, marketing services. But you know, if they could do what you're doing, then they could either, you know, turn their business into something that's uh, long-term profitable or sellable, and that, or they could transition into uh, more of a software company, which, you know, is really the future of, of where everything's heading. So really appreciate your time, Tony. Uh, where can people uh, learn more in the meantime? 
Yeah. So probably the best way is to connect with me on my website. Cause then you can see all the different things I'm doing with AI and podcasting everywhere. And so you go to meettonyg.com because of course no one can say my last name. So meettonyg.com. Well, thank you so much, Tony. Really appreciate your time. I'm uh, super excited and uh, definitely want to have you back soon to, to talk about all those other projects that you're doing. And we'll probably send you a bunch of app ideas so you can tell me how to do them myself because that, uh, that's a dream of mine. So thank you so much. Happy to do so. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. This is Digital Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.